no look back here, the market is closed. Good Monday afternoon everyone, Tyler Harris here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. Hope you all had a great weekend out there. It was a rough start to the week for our markets to, stay, to say the least here, but it's going to be a very eventful week and an important week as we see it for our markets coming up this week. Got a lot going on here. Uh, first off, we'll get back the latest rounds of inflation data. We've got the CPI coming out, the consumer price index coming in on Wednesday. Have the producer price index coming out later in the week as well. And then we're also going to be beginning Q2 earnings this week. Not a massive week for earnings, but we're going to get kicked off. Uh, starting with Pepsi tomorrow and Delta Airlines on Wednesday. And then really the big ones that report first every time will be the big banks coming out at the end of the week. We got JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley, Wells Fargo, Citigroup, and more. Uh, so stay tuned. We'll be covering all of the economic data, all of the earnings data going forward from here. And while you're there, also you know, go ahead and sign up for our daily VRA investing podcast. You can check us out at VRAinsider.com. Get all of our video content as well, including our VRA midday vidcast uh, that Kip's been doing lately. All of that you can find on Rumble. So go and check us out at Vertical Research Advisory on Rumble. Uh, you can find all of our links on social media as well. Preferably Gitter and Truth Social. Those have been uh, really great to get off of uh, you know, Twitter or Facebook. You know, not that a whole lot of people use Facebook anymore anyway, but man, it has been good to be off of some of those mainstream social media platforms. It's good to have some options now. I've uh, been hearing good things about Gab as well. I got to do a little more. Got to check it out as well. So let us know what is your favorite alternative social media channel here. It just feels so good to get away from the censorship crowd. And not only that. Um, I'm hearing from a lot of people who started using these new platforms, and I think I completely agree with this, that the biggest change for them has not only been not having to worry about censorship, but because they were so worried about censorship, they were self-censoring themselves, right? When you have a government that are really a society that makes you want to self-censor yourself, that's not a free society and something that we need to get away from in this country. So it's been an absolute blast uh, to be on these different social media platforms. Uh, so come and join us there. You can find us on True Social and Gitter, both at Kip Herridge and Tyler Herridge. And then also all of our VRA um, content will be posted on there as well. So you go and find us there at Vertical Research Advisory. Um, on all of those platforms. So yeah, we'd love to have you with us and love to hear your feedback as well to see what you think has been your favorite of the new social media platforms. But so let's jump in to what we're seeing today because like I said, it is going to be a busy week this week. And it was a rough week for our markets to get us started after Friday's strong, stronger than expected jobs report here. Uh, you know, a lot of uncertainty there. Um, about how strong was this jobs report really. Um, we've seen so many statistics done about how they're pulling forward or pulling future job, job growth forward to kind of manipulate, uh, kind of 
rub this data to make it look better than it really is. But on that news, a lot of people started to expect that the Fed was going to stay committed to their rate hike policies. That's what that jobs report did. If you tuned in to my podcast last Thursday, I said we were really looking for a Goldilocks number just under uh, the the estimates uh, to get the Fed to kind of take their foot off of the brake with what they're doing with rate hikes. Now, we have one other shot at that this week, and that's going to be the CPI and PPI data that is about to come out. If we can get better than expected numbers there, it could be a sign that the Fed might be willing to take their foot off the brake at least a little bit. I believe that the market is already priced in a 75 basis point hike here at the end of this month, the Fed meeting July 26th and 27th. But that's all, like I said, that's already baked in the cake essentially at this point. So we can start to get some signaling that they're not going to be as aggressive after this July rate hike, then our markets could really be off to the races. Because we're already starting to see signs that inflation is at least slowing to some extent. And the big fear here that we've talked about here for weeks is that the Fed goes too far, too fast, and risks another policy error. We've seen this time and time again from Jay Powell, so it certainly wouldn't be a shock to see it here again. Uh, But we'd love to see them change their tune just a little bit, slightly less hawkish. You know, they can always continue rate hikes further on down the road, but if they run it too far too fast, as we've seen a ton of people speculating about now, they're going to go too far too fast and go right back to having to cut rates early next year even. Uh, So, like I said, we're already seeing signs that inflation is slowing. We're seeing it in commodity prices. Lumber prices have picked up a little bit, but still well well below where they were last year. Oil getting back to about $100 a barrel here. Gold hit its lowest level in nine months. Copper near its lowest level since the end of 2020. Uh, and the dollar continues its strength, hitting 20-year highs of strength just today. That should continue to put downward pressure on inflation going forward. But again, overall, it does seem that a 75 point basis hike, 75 basis point hike uh, is baked in the cake for July. And the question really will be what comes after that. But we're looking for hopefully a better than expected CPI and PPI numbers coming out later this week. We've seen bond yields falling now. Maybe a little bit of a safety trade here. People trying to get back into bonds. Uh, the 10-year is now back below 3% again today, down 3.5% to 2.99, so basically right at 3%. But again, the big move on the day continues to be the U.S. dollar. That's a 20-year high that we got today. Massive relative strength in the U.S. dollar versus the euro and versus the yen here. The euro fell to $1.01 per euro for the first time since 2002 today. So again, that should put some downside pressure on inflation. But the concern there is that it's also going to put downward pressure on corporate earnings. Now, that certainly could be the case. But as we see it, companies, one, they've lowered their guidance so much. In Q1, across the board, so many companies lowering guidance. And as we see it, 
they do still have pricing power to pass that the inflation off to the consumer at this point. They may not have a whole lot of room going in there, but given that they've one, lowered their guidance, and two, still have some pricing power to work in, retail sales continuing on the rise in Europe and the US despite inflation levels. Now people are probably getting less goods, even though they're spending more money. But that tells us that we could get at least earnings in line with where estimates are right now. And hey, I the market would see that as a win then. So looking at our markets on the day to day, we started off the day lower, which actually gave us some hope because last week, other than Friday, where we finished lower on the day for the most part, after the strong jobs number, people expecting the, the Fed would continue to be hawkish. But last week, every day before that, we got lower opens, followed by strong smart money hours. That's the exact kind of action you want to see if you're bullish on the market. Today, we did not get that action. It looked like we were trying to. We got a nice rally after the open. The Dow actually went positive, and then we began moving lower again. We ended up finishing close to the lows of the day. So unfortunately, not what we were looking for. The NASDAQ leading the way lower, also not what you want to see down 2.26% to 11,372 and the semis were down worse than that. Also, not what you want to see after the great week that the semis had last week, up nearly uh, over 9% on the week, but today the semis were down 2.4%. Next up were the small caps down 2.1% to 1,732. Next up, the S&P 500 down 1.15% to 3,854. And lastly, the Dow Jones down about half a percent to 31,173. But we did see, you know, a couple of bright spots today. Um, one of them being housing. Real estate actually ended pretty much flat on the day. Some of the other housing names were actually up on the session today, given that the massive sell-off we've seen in housing recently, that was good to see, especially on a day where it's bucking the trend like today. But again, we, we're looking forward to the CPI and PPI numbers this week. We'd love to get a turnaround Tuesday, tomorrow, in anticipation of a better than expected reading. Next up, looking at our internals on the day today, not the numbers that you want to see here. After the really pretty good internals we saw towards the end of last week, declining stocks, beating out advancing stocks, just over two to one negative for the NYSE, just under three to one negative for the NASDAQ. New 52 week highs and lows came in negative here as well, but no surprises. You know, when you're hanging out with everything near 52 week lows, you're going to get more 52-week lows than 52-week highs. So this is a lagging indicator. So we don't want to buy too much into this now. And really, overall, we're seeing much better numbers from this reading than we have in previous weeks. Just a couple weeks ago, we were hitting over 1,000. I believe there was one day of over 2,000 stocks hitting 52-week lows. On a day like today, where we were down big across the board, we weren't that bad. We had roughly 300 stocks hitting 52-week lows. Uh, so not nearly as bad as what we saw uh, just a couple weeks ago. We'd like to see that pattern continue. And then lastly, volume week as well, coming just under 3 to 1 negative for the NASDAQ, over 5 to 1 negative though for the NYSE. 
Next up, looking at our sectors on the day today, we finished with two out of our 11 S&P 500 sectors higher on the day. Utilities leading the way. They're the biggest borrowers in the nation. So on a day when you have yields down, that is typically fairly bullish for utilities. And then as I mentioned, real estate, really pretty flat, but did finish slightly positive on the day. We'll take that as a minor win. Then our laggards on the day, consumer or uh, communication services leading the way lower. Twitter sold off big today on the news that Elon Musk is backing out of the Twitter Twitter, Twitter deal. Uh, looks like they're going to be going to court over this. Twitter's looking for some compensation for the time lost there. But uh, Twitter down a big 11.3% on the day today. So dragging the rest of the sector down with them. Let's see, uh, just a final read. I mean, Facebook down for over 4.5%. And we saw a lot of the FANG names down uh, as well today. So not what you want to see from our mega cat names either. But after that, uh, we were followed by consumer discretionary, technology, and energy stocks. Finally for today, our VRA commodity watch. Gold, as I mentioned earlier, hitting a nine-month low today. Now down just over six-tenths of 1% to $1,731 an ounce. But something really really interesting is happening in the space and it just began on friday as we began really i think this is one of the first trials that wasn't just jp morgan this is individuals on trial facing racketeering charges for manipulating the price of gold three individuals um one is a salesman um i have it in my notes here somewhere Oh yeah, one was the head of their precious metals desk and the others um, was a precious metals trader. So we've talked about this topic here for a long time. Uh, if you're new to this topic, if you're new to our BRA Investing Podcast, I highly encourage you to go check out GATA.org. That's G-A-T-A.org, the Gold Antitrust Action Committee. Um, they've done fantastic work exposing the manipulation in not only the gold, but precious metal space as a whole, because this, this one doesn't just apply to gold here. I believe it applies to platinum, palladium, and a, a slew of other ones as well. But essentially what they're being charged with is racketeering and a conspiracy here. It's the justice department's most aggressive case to date of these manipulative tactics in the market. So essentially what they're doing are, is spoofing orders, putting buy and sell orders into the gold paper markets essentially. And then before those orders get filled, they remove them. So making it look like there's a false level of demand there. Um, you know, this <laughs> the racketeering charges were actually put in place to take down mob members, mafia members, back in the day, but that's exactly the type of practice that we're seeing from the likes of JP Morgan Chase, which has already been charged with a nearly $1 billion fine for this already in 2020. They paid $920 million. Uh, we've called JP Morgan and their leader, Jamie Dimon, a criminal enterprise from day one. Since JP Morgan, or since Jamie Dimon has been the CEO of, of uh, JP Morgan, there we go. Um, he's overseen no less than three felony counts against the company. 
I think it's closer to five, actually. They paid penalties for all of these. And somehow he is still the CEO of this company. I mean, if that doesn't tell you the kind of racket that we're looking at, then I don't know what will. Uh, but the trial is expected to take around five weeks. Um, they're going to be calling in a ton of witnesses, uh, including some people uh, who have pleaded guilty to similar charges and uh, some witnesses who were um, taken advantage of through this whole process. But of course, with, through these practices, J.P. Morgan has made billions of dollars. So the fact that they paid a $920 million fine shows you they don't really care. If they're going to make two, three billion dollars and have to give back fifty percent of it, that that's just the cost of doing business to them. Um, you know, just what a racket the whole industry really is. But we'll see what the court rules. Uh, again, go check out gata.org, G-A-T-A.org uh, for some fantastic work that they've done in this space. Going to be a very interesting trial. Uh, we'll be reporting on it here as well. Silver also down on the day. Next up here, down about 1%, 0.96% to $19.05 an ounce. Copper now down a big 2.81% to $3.42 a pound. Pretty close to its 52-week low there. Again, that's its lowest level since the end of 2020. It's about $3.27 is the 52-week low right now. Next up, oil down 1.14% to $103 a barrel. And finally for today, cryptos getting hit as well. Bitcoin now down 2.3%, trying to hang on to $20,000 of Bitcoin at $20,485 a Bitcoin. Folks, that's all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top. And we'd love to have you with us. And again, I'll say it one more time. While you're at it, go check us out on True Social, Gitter. You know, those are two primary platforms that we want to grow on right now. Getting out of the Twitter sphere, uh, getting away from YouTube and using Rumble. So go and subscribe there. We'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.